FSN. I'm Wes Carey, and joining me today, everyone's favourite swearing horse, Tyler Cole. Hey, guys. And special guest, Texas GM Hector Lewis. Hector, this this is probably, I think this is your third time on the show. <laughs> uh, I've lost count after the first one, so I don't know. Yeah, I've lost count, too, but you've been on here multiple times. Anyway, how have you been going? Uh, have you seen the record we've had recently? Um, have you been paying attention to me on the podcast recently? Like, sorry, but like, the FEA at times, I'm just putting on my sleepy time hat, grabbing a, grabbing a pillow to hug, and then just snoozing. <laughs> so, I'm well, guessing it's not gonna, going well. It's not, we haven't won very many games, and oh. I just saw the highlight reel from my game earlier today with San Jose, we came close, but we lost by about three points. Ouch. Oh, God, that's good. That is yeah, crazy. against the San Jose Thrust. Yeah, I... There's a good... Well, this is going to be like the first news highlight of the evening. There's a conspiracy going around that we're possibly cursed, and I don't know what that deal's all about. We haven't been cursed yet. Uh, has one of your players been on a cover of a sports game recently? Uh, I don't know, but, uh... Maybe you should go check. Maybe that's what's causing it. I've heard crazy things about sports covers doing things to people. Yeah, I've heard that too, and... If it's true, I did not sign or market it, and if I did... If, uh, someone already went ahead and did that under my nose, I'm gonna be doing some firing. Yeah, well, maybe someone's crazy. You're going to be going fixed with anime, I don't know, but Tyler, how have you been going? Hey, it's been going good. Obviously, things you know back in the football world has been going absolutely peachy keen in in you in Texas land. Yeah, yeah, I've been saying that a lot of streaks and that. Like, yeah, saying, winning you know, some good and... streaks and uh, yeah, some not so slightly streaks. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't do this at the Faffle Grand Final. Yeah, when you got all the eyes of the world, you go, hey, look, a dragon penis. Yeah. We've already had a few wins in a I saw that one up. I saw that one game, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, niece was watching you know, for for rat's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like, hey, look, it's wing, wing, willy, willy, willy. Yeah, well, expect that to be on the not top ten for FSS, FSBN, so... Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I've been all right. I mean, free agency's just finished for the Faffle, so thank God I don't have to keep taking calls from bloody radio hosts to keep talking about bloody free agency period all day long. Uh, I'm glad that's our with drafts coming up. Good. Anyway, I think it's enough talking about what we've been doing. I think it's time to go around the world. And 
first off, we've got a rumour mill here. Um, this is basketball related. Uh, the IFBA World Tournament might be returning this summer. The IFBA, the International Furry Basketball Association, met Naran talks of, to bring the World Championship back as early as next summer. Things are still in the playing stages at the moment, however, with rumours of bids from Beijing, Paris, Los Angeles, and a joint bid from Montreal and Toronto to host. No, Melbourne. But the last time we had an IFBB World Tournament, it was in Berlin, and the United Kingdom defeated Canada, with the US not even making it to the final. So, guys, I remember you, that. What do you guys think about this? Should should we see another World Championship from the I, IFBA, and do you think we should start seeing World Championships for other things as well? <laughs> I, I think it could. Oh yeah, oh, no, you first, actor. Well. Since this has covered my sport, I think I should go first. But, yeah, I think there should be an international one because there's also guys in the FBL that are pretty good. I've been watching some of them. And one of our former players, uh, uh, it's been so long I forgot his name already. Uh, mm, Jakob Blischka, that's, a, that's what I'm thinking of. Jakob Blischka. Mm-hmm. He's currently playing for Berlin right now. So he, last I heard, he's been doing good. Okay. And, yeah, it's a good chance for, like, all players from different leagues and conferences all over the world to come in and get together and play for a championship in their own respective representation. So, why not? Mm-hmm. Tyler, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it would be good to have, you know, a world championship. So, you know, you know like, like Hector said, you know, people from other countries will be able to showcase their skills on the big stage. And it's like, you know... And maybe for some players who maybe might not make, you know, the big leagues in the FBA, they'll get the chance to represent their country. Like, even all the guys currently in the FBA, you know, I'm sure they're patriotic, you know, for their home countries, USA, Great Britain, Australia, wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. They'll get the chance to represent their flag, and I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I and, agree with that. And if the United Kingdom win again, do we have a chance to see DeQuilkin... Not, not DeQuilkin... DeAngelo McQuilkin... Who's the Quilkin? I don't know. I Maybe he's in the raffle draft, I don't know, but D'Angelo McQuilkin, do you think we'll see his beefy balls if the 2K win again? <laughs> uh, I think, I think uh, you know, with what, like what you said about streaks, it's like... Uh, I don't you know, think... I, think I mean, like, is, are we going to see him do well? Uh, We're not talking about... Ja- well, God, maybe we yeah. might see Jack streaking again. It's a UK... All I gotta say that is if he even tried that, his girlfriend, Wendy Brown, would probably castrate him. Yeah, well, I think that's true as well. All I can say left is, Melbourne, come on, put a bid in for this thing. You got two arenas in front of the MCG, you can host this, please. <laughs> so, I want to have some more events here. But anyway... Well... Go ahead. I'm... I'm actually going to side with you on this one because Melbourne should definitely be in the silly saucer hand to represent because there are two uh, fairly good players in the FA that are from Australia, Barnaby Jazz from the San Jose Thrust, mm-hmm. and I believe that one bunny kid, Noah Brown, in the uh, Tennessee Moonshiners, I think he's there. Yeah, I've also, uh, yeah, Tennessee, also yeah, te- Asher Melbourne. There's... Yeah. 
There's, there's quite a lot of talent from Australia there. I think it would be good to see yeah. him come back home and play at the essentially about five minutes away from where the Hammerheads currently play. So I'd love to see that, but Melbourne, you have to put in a bid first. So yeah. Anyway, enough about international basketball and me trying to beg for Melbourne to to bid for this thing. Let's talk about me and my big mouth. Pissing off I think all our big mouths. All our big mouths pissing off Trent Westland. As we've been just sent a cease and desist letter by his lawyers, and if we talk badly about him again, we're going to be hit with slander. So, guys, just, we're not going to... I'm not going to say anything. Time, well, please don't say anything. I don't want to have to go on. Yeah, because uh, by letter we've got to be nice, because someone might get offended. Um, uh. yeah. Hector... What do you have to say about this? Please, please don't let it be something that can be hit with a podcast. Uh, all I gotta say is my views are solely expressed upon me and not the views of FSPN or it's FSN, FSN or anything like. Sorry, FSN. My views are my own and not based solely on FSN. But if I'm being honest, Trent Westerlin, you're a bloody coward. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, we'll just let that stay there, uh, because we can't we can't say anything. We're just gonna let it say that those comments are not, do not reflect our thoughts on the guy. Anyway, I think it's time to quickly move on from that and make sure. Let's hope we don't get slapped with a lawsuit. Let's move on to the FAFL. I got a long road to walk down to catch a tram to my favorite ground. Use my legs, use my voice. Make some noise, support the boys, and that's what football means to me. That's how I like my footy to be, and well, that's the thing about, that's what I like about, yeah, that's the thing about, the thing about football, that's what I like about. And guys, we just had the free agency period, and oh jeez, I'm glad it's kind of over and done with here. Oh, jeez, you have not seen my workload recently. Uh, but anyway, uh, this has been a bit of a notable free agency period, but we have gotten some notable signs here. Uh, Adelaide managed to sign Darwin rookie Johnny DeLuca... From in centre half back, and they've also gotten Melbourne's veteran rock for Bruce Martin to help be back up for Kutsi Carter. So that that's that's good to hear. Uh, Darwin had a huge role here. Notable names here: Larry Wilson, Thomas Ornsby, Stacey Westwood. They are looking good at the moment. East Sydney, they got a few good names here: Hilary Rear from the Adelaide Butcherbirds, Jeffrey Weaver, and Simone Shell from the Fremantle Panthers. Fremantle themselves finally got the the forward pocket they needed in Rupert Mirat. Rookie Donny Salomon from Geelong has ended up over there. Same with East Sydney's John Similovich. Geelong haven't made that many moves here, but what they've gotten here is pretty big. Gregory Perkins, we'll be talking about him a little bit later. Uh, Gold Coast got someone to replace Lido Smith here in Ryan Whitfield from Hobart. Wayne Montgomery from East Sydney are also is also joining them. Hobart has just been re-signees. Melbourne have just been mainly trying to fill in the caps, and so no real big names there. And Orange got Paulie Hermanson, the highly, mm. highly, 
Highly rated rookie from Fremantle. So, we got a few stories coming out of here. Adelaide themselves had a middle-of-the-road free agency. And they kind of needed to have a big one if they if you, they were really to shoot themselves back up to the top of the ladder. Because, like, they've lost quite a few good players here. Their main great player in Bayako is gone. So... Tyler, are they already written off for 2018, or will there be a twist in the tail come the draft? Yeah, I don't think you can write any team off before the season's even begun. That's a bit, you know, to me a little bit cruel for a team because you know, yes, Bayako was you know one of their main driving forces, but it doesn't mean that the guys won't be able to step up with you know whoever's filling his position. I, I still think, think it's, you know, I think it's Reba Nye or a former backup Atlanta Williams. Yeah, you know, because like, like I've said before on previous episodes, one person doesn't make a team. You know, Biako, you know, was, could be like really successful with one team. It was like, uh, I think there was that, uh, what's the name of that koala guy, Hector, that used to be a part of your team? Travis Buckner. That's the one. You know, you know, if you take someone like Travis Buckner, you know, he was doing really, really good with, with you know, with one team. Then, you know, all of a sudden he goes to another team and it all goes, all goes to hell. Yeah, you know, but, un- show, but show. unlike but unlike the tap roots, the Brumbies actually look good. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, an but... insult. Yeah, that's that's that is a bit of an insult there. Uh, yeah, I think we need to. I need to see what they get in the draw before I decide where they they're finishing. But like, or I think they'll finish. But like, yeah, this this is not looking good for them at the moment. I mean. I mean, they got Johnny DeLuca and Bruce Martin, but, like, compared to William Myers and Kutsi Carter, like, they, they are backups. They are backups. Anyway, Dolan, on the other hand, had a big free agency, picking up a lot of the drop players from more successful clubs. For example, Larry Wilson from Melbourne, Thomas Hornby from Orange, Stacey Westwood from the Gold Coast... Does Darwin need to have Tyler? Does Darwin need to have a big improvement in 2018 for it to be called a successful year for the club? Like they've been down in the dumps for the last two years, they've gotten a bit of a shot of success from these great players here. Do they need to improve a lot this this upcoming season for it to be a success? Do they need to have have a decent amount of wins under their belt by the time we get to the end of the season? Uh, I think it would all depend how the other teams do at the same time because. I think for Darwin, a good season for them will be anything that's not the bottom of the table. Yeah, that is if true. Just, if they can just get just one possession, the fans are going to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, and if they do anything more than that, then yeah, it'll be a really successful season for them. Because, like you said, they haven't exactly had a good few years. So if they can, you know, just get off that bottom, get off their backsides, yeah, it's going to be good for them at least, not to take the Mickey out of them. But that really is the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for an expansion team, they've not been very good. I mean, they've they're pretty much. Let's see, they were like they've had thirty-two games, and they've only won four of them. So they're four of the thirty-two. Not a good record, but keep in mind they didn't have a very good team. I mean, they have some good pieces here and there, but like they needed to replace a lot of these players, and they seem to have done just that in the free agency. We'll have to see what they do in the draft. I mean, they've got the second pick. So it's going to be interesting, but hey, it, it'll be interesting. That's all I can say. EC, on the other hand, didn't do as well as Darwin, but they did get some decent pickups for retaining their main core of 2017. For example, they got 
They got Hillary Rear in the back pocket, who will be due to start. Simone Shell will probably be a starter as well. Peter Sinclair will probably be in the mix, same with Jeffrey Weaver. So, essentially, will these pickups boost Easton to the next step, perhaps finals, or will they still be kind of stuck where they are now, where they're not exactly bad enough to be at the bottom of the ladder, but they're not exactly good enough to make it to the finals? Yeah, I think they're probably still going to be floating around the middle of the table, because not like again, I don't like you know bashing an organisation, but I think East Sydney are going to be like the perennial middle of the table teams, or at least one of them, and it's going to take quite a serious push or rocket up the jacksey for them to maybe make that push to the next level and perhaps make it to the finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still got the draft to go. They have pick number four. They have quite a few decent picks here and there. They could, they could get a lot of decent talent in here to slip in and get them there. But it all depends on how well they draft. So yeah, I I think they these pickups could work, but they need a little bit more there in the draft to really seal it. So, I mean, like they got a very good core here of Douglas Galin, Tom Hewson, Faith St. Clair, Liam Deland. Jocelyn Parker, Jane Phillips, they got a quite a decent core there. If they can build on that, which they kind of have here, and they can they can get a really good draft on their belts, I think they can do it, but it's a lot of things that are going to go their way for that to happen. Anyway, moving on to Fremantle here, they're a bit of a middle-of-the-road team. Main question about them is, if Erica Lundeborn and the newly acquired Rupert Mirat will be good enough to help out Colin Travson after the loss of Lulu Fry and Kirk Ryan in the expansion drop, because if we looked at it last season, Travson struggled to get form in a lot of places during the year. Like he's just in a lot of in places, he was still good. He was still very good, but he struggled to get that form after a bit. So like. Fry and Kirk Ryan, one of the main goal scorers of the team, especially Fry here. And like, now we're going to bring in Erica Lunaborn, who's good, but she's kind of unproven in, in this situation. And Rupert Mirat, who has kind of struggled a bit in Orange to kind of get game time. So it's it's kind of a question: Is Lunaborn and Mirat good enough to help out Travston? Like, if if it's not, then I think they're going to miss out on finals this upcoming season, but if they are, I think they can easily be back. Tyler, your thoughts? Yeah, like I said, it's all going to be down on whether, you know, Mira can gel enough with Traveston, you know, to make a good, you know, a good pairing. And like I said, it's a big risk by Fremantle, because I think, like I said, it all hinges on that. And if it, and if it does work out, then, you know, hats off to them. I think they can make it. But, like I said, it is a major risk, and personally, would I... Make, you know, make that choice in their position, I don't think I would because, you know, you're putting all your eggs in one basket because if that fails, that's it. Boom. Bye-bye season. And yeah, that is true. I mean, they do have a lot of good pieces here and there in the back line and the midfield, but if you can't get a team to score goals and that, it's not gonna, it's no good having having that there when yeah. you can't score. But yeah, unless you can get those numbers on the scoreboards, you know, defensive players mean nothing unless you can get a ball between those posts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's move on to Geelong here. Not a lot of moves from them, but the signing of Gregory Perkins was a big one. We notified Nigel of that before. Will Perkins finally pull his head in, or will he be a hindrance to Geelong as much as he was in Adelaide and the Gold Coast? Like, keep him. This is a player who has trouble written all over him. He is. He was. He left the Gold Coast because he was unhappy with the way the team was going, and 
ultimately, I think the Gold Coast made the right made the right choice in trying to get Anderson to replace him. It's worked out well for them. Uh, he went to Adelaide, had a very very bad start to the year where he essentially just created a brawl and essentially pretty much assaulted Rupert Mira. Like, he was assaulted in that game in 2016. He gets suspended for six weeks, comes back, he's alright, plays in the grand final. He's doing alright, but then they lose the grand final and he's not happy because he'd left Gold Coast because of what he considered a losing culture. 2017, it's not much better for him. The team's obviously, obviously gone down a peg in that and struggling to make the finals. When they lose their chance to make the finals, he goes and trashes the locker room. Trashes the opposite in the locker room the Gold Coast. And essentially, from then on in, you could tell that either Adelaide's getting rid of this guy or someone's going to have to leave. So, essentially, Geelong are taking a big risk here. If Perkins pulls his head in, they could have a really, really good talent. But if he doesn't, like, this could easily be essentially the exact same story we've seen for the last couple of years. I mean, Tyler, what do you think? Do you think Perkins can pull his head in, or is this just, or is Geelong just pulling too much of a risk trying to stay in the hunt for the finals? Well, like I said, well, you know, uh, the GM, you know, the GM of Geelong, you know, Jack Knight, he's, he's got experience dealing with the naughty ones, you know, with uh, Damian Bartlett. Mm-hmm. You know, with more on that story, you know, another day. But you know he's he's had fun, you know fun with you know players before trying to deal with them, disciplinary procedures, blah blah blah. And you know, but uh, will he real be quick? Hector to... Lewis will be right back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but yes, it's like like you know he's had fun with Bartlett. Can he rein in? You know, I think the biggest bad boy of them all in Gregory Perkins. Uh, that's going to be fun to see. But again, kind of like we said, a Fremantle. It's going to be quite a key play and quite a risk. Not so much as the as the Mirat Traveston thing, but still quite a sizable risk to take. And hopefully, fingers crossed, obviously it will pay off for him because, you know, Jack, he is the owner of my home team. But we shall see if we can rein Perkins in. Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, like, he has got off to the right step here. He is, he is a fan of Xander McMichael's tough type t- type of coaching. Like, that was his main problem at, I think, Gold Coast and Adelaide. Like, he didn't like Shao's approach to coaching, and he didn't think... He, I don't think he thought Pascal's approach to trying to be a player's coach was that good. I think he didn't really like that. He, it didn't work for him. He quite, I think he quite likes McMichael's approach here. So, it's. I think that it's off to a good start for there, but... I mean, even under Hassel Patel, a coach he really liked, he was still a bit of a nuisance, so we'll have to see. Uh, Gold Coast, let's move on to his old club, Gold Coast. Uh, they were mostly filling holes here, but they did manage to sign Ryan Whitfield from Hobart, who has been really good in recent times. Main question is, can he fill the role of Lido Smith, who was a huge part of Red Hot Go when he was healthy, and can he fill it well and essentially help this team make the next step? Well, we know he's going to, you know, Whitfield is, you know, he was one of the key players for Hobart last season. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think he he will be a major asset to the Gold Coast and will push them up a little bit. I think, you know, can, you know, the question of can he fill the role of Lido Smith? Yes, I think he can. Because I think he's got that play, he's got the adaptability to be able to play for any team, I think. 
Okay, that's that's. I I think he could. I mean, it all depends on how well he adapts to the system. I mean, I he might. I think he might be a good player for the fit. I mean, if he's if you're a quick forward, that you're going to do well in this type of system. Uh, I think he could do well. I mean, the main question now on Gold Coast is if they can actually get the success to Michael Vandermeck in this draft. I've seen quite a few decent players in here. I've seen Cyrus Baxter. I've seen Justin Hawks table, who I think would be a great fit for the team. And I've seen a few others, which we will probably talk about in the future. T- future. But, like, I think there are some decent centre-half forwards to be picked up. But anyway, moving on to Hobart, it was not, to be honest, it was not good for him. They only re-signed players this, at this point. I think they've signed a few more since I've done the notes here, but it, they were not very big picks. They saw Akami Kohoa, their main full forward, head to free agency pool after a rejected offer. Only for him to likely be signed by the Wolves because no one's looking for a center half. Well, not a, I mean, a full forward. Not a center half. He doesn't play that, but he plays full forward. Uh, but did the free agency for the Wolves have to be good for them to bounce back in 2018? Because remember, we did talk about the way that coaching was, and it was kind of more, they kind of just put whatever... They threw anything to the wall and saw what's tried to see what would stick. So it was kind of a bit of a messy finish from them. But like they have some good talent here. But I think the key for them is to really get it into where they need to put them in to get it to work. So was this reality really affecting, really going to affect Tobot, or or is this really going to affect them? I don't know. The is this going to affect them or not? Well, twenty eighteen. Will 2018 be affected by this? No, I think was that you know they're going to be maybe the new basement team if you know if Darwin you know pulled their socks up you know, with the free agencies and you know with the draft I think Hobart's going to be the new bottom team because I don't think they've done enough in the free agency and they've you know like you said you know they're just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks it's like nothing's to me nothing's gonna stick. They got too many bits and bobs of too many different things. Like they got a couple of good players, like you know, like they had a a Kamai Kohola, and they got Goria Lin, who got the uh, what was it nomination last yeah last year. Uh, there was Gor- that- yeah, I'm gonna say Delilah James, Goria Lin, Akami Kohola, uh, J- Jeremy Swiffling was a really good player for them. Like they got some decent players. I mean, they've lost Whitfield, but they still have like Jimmy Jinx in the. Fort line, I think Forsyth, Smartens, three signed. It's a they've got some good players here, but I mean it all depends on how they've got them set up. Because like they were five and three last season, in the middle of the season they lost every other game from there on out and finished five and eleven. Like they are picked number three in this draft. Like it's they need to they need to figure out what they're doing here. Like, if they can figure out what they're doing here, they can bounce back because like, they've got some good talent. But if they don't, then this will affect them. Yeah, it's just, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a good season for, for the Wolves. You know, you can't help but, you know, feel for the fans because, you know, mm-hmm. they stuck behind Hobart for a very rough second half of the season. And I don't think it's going to get any more prettier for them, sadly. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame considering that this team won a premiership like about five years ago. So, geez, how the mighty have fallen here, people. Yeah, because you know, before the age of the age of orange, as I've as I've dubbed it, you know, Hobart was you know one of the top teams. You know, there's always they're always competitive. Like I said, they won the premiership, mm-hmm. and now it's all gone. Yeah, I mean, 
them and them and the butcher bots were the main people flying it out for like the in like the early 2010s like right after like the like melbourne were there for a little bit as well so like it was like very decent period for those three teams but like two of them are bottomed out and one looks to looks set to be taken over the taking over the mail from orange a bit at the moment it, speaking of Melbourne, let's talk about them. They're trying to cut cut from the cap and trying to keep all their core. The philosopher Larry Wilson and Bruce Martin, but will it even affect them in 2018, considering that they've got most of their key players already down to a contract? Yeah, because like I said, they've, I think they're going to be losing a lot of their key talent because, you know, I think this is, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first year with a salary cap. Uh, yeah, this is the first main year of the salary cap. There's been like there's been a flexible cap in place for a long time, but this is like this has been like the first year where we've gotten like a very stringent salary cap. Yeah, I think this is. I think I think Melbourne they're going to be you know the one team that's really going to be smarting from from the salary cap. Like I said, they were severely over budget. Yeah, but keep in mind, they, they, they have managed to keep a lot of the talent that they already have in that. They've gotten them down in that. They've mostly gotten rid of guys that, like, I mean, in Wilson and Martin's case, they had to let go of them, but everyone else they let go of was mainly, like, backups in that, and they've only really just filled the holes of the backups here. Like, they seem to be looking fine to me, personally, but, I mean, hey, you think they might take a bit of a hit? I think they might be fine here, so we've got a bit of a debating opinion here. Yeah, we shall see. Hopefully, they prove me wrong because obviously, I know I don't wish ill on any team, but I still think the salary is going to hit them hard. Yeah, well, moving on to another team that was kind of hit by the salary a bit, the Orange Miners. They only made one move this off season as they tried to keep as much as they can. But can Paulie Hermanson be the Sean Vincent replacement they need right now? I mean, the kid is good. I've seen him in the reserves competition last year. He was great in Fremantle, but. The kid, I mean, he's he's obviously not going to be as good as Vincent coming straight in. But, like, can he be the guy that Orange need to fill that spot and kind of keep them into some sort of relevance in 2018? Because, like, it's going to be an uphill battle for them, right? I mean, they still have a, a lot of key players, but they did lose a lot of them in the, in the expansion draft and, and, like, free agency. So they've lost quite a few people. So, Tyler, yeah. do you think Hermanson, Hermanson can fill that spot that they need filled? Well, that, that's going to be the interesting thing to see. I, mean, I hope the kid does, because like I said, he was phenomenal you know, during his rookie season. But, you know, he doesn't quite have the experience that Vincent did. And I think that may hinder them. I know Orange, they're going to be going all out for another premiership. And you can't knock them for that. But... I think they, like I said, they'll make the postseason no problem. Mm-hmm. But I think you know maybe Hermanson's experience may be a little bit of a hindrance. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. Yeah, we shall yep. see on that. That's the faffle done for this episode. Probably next time we come back, we'll be looking at the draft. Meanwhile, let's move on to the UFFL.
Finally, I get to speak up a little bit. And a lot of things have been happening recently in the league. First off, Texas. They have extended their winning streak to 10 wins. They are one win away from clinching, clinching the United Conference title. And Tyler, I think you have a few other facts about this that, that are not here on the notes. So let them rip. Yeah, yeah. because obviously I'll, you know, I've been chatting with Jack and, you know, the you know atmosphere in Rambler Stadium is absolutely electric every game day. Because yes, uh-huh. you know they're one win away from clinching you, 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 the United Conference title, but also I think statistically, if I look at my notes, if they win this game, next game as well, they also claim the win for the best league record. They got that cinched in as well, uh-huh. so they got the United Conference title. They will have, have the league title, and they'll break you know the all-time street record. Because at the moment, I think they've matched the longest streak in history at ten, uh-huh. and if they beat the Ponies and extend the streak to 11, they're going to own the record outright. And yeah, also as well, like, you know, I believe you know, there's a former Rambler currently playing for the Ponies in Kova Ludko. Yeah, there's a little, obviously a, a little bit of a yeah, thing between, you know, Kova and, you know, the Knight duo, as I call them. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make it for quite an interesting game for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think there may be a little bit of beef here between the two, but, I mean, granted, Luko has had a great season with the Ponies and that, so he is probably going to be one of those key players for the Ponies that could get them back to the furball, but but looking at Texas at the moment, they're probably one, of the, probably one of, if not the best team we have ever seen in this competition. Like, they have been yeah. dominant this season from start to finish. They are... Oh, can anyone stop them at this point? That is a good yeah, question. The Ramblers are on an absolute tear. Like they had a little bit of a you know win loss win loss thing start of season, uh-huh. but you know they you know they had that trade with the Ponies, and ever since then they've gone on an absolute tear. Uh-huh. It's like they have not lost a game since. Like I don't know you know if the Ponies are going to be regretting it. Who did the Ponies trade over for uh, Ludko? I think it's like Gronkowski. Yeah, are they going to be regretting that trade? And it's like I, I doubt it. I mean, Luko has has been a lot better than Gradkowski has been. So, I, I think they're they're happy with their end of the trade as well. Yeah, just I don't know what what Jack Knight's put in the Ramblers Gatorade, but like I said, they absolutely they came close. I know, I think two weeks ago to the streak going to tatters, and it was it was down to that last play. That, that literally managed to keep the streak alive. You know, I bet there was plenty of clinch buttocks in the, in the stadium that day. Mm-hmm. But you would yeah, know a thing or two about that, don't you? Oh, uh, I plead the Fifth Amendment on that one. Innocent on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the producers are looking uh, at me now. <laughs> Hector, your thoughts on this? I mean, this is a this has got to be one of the most dominant teams I've ever seen in the UFFL. And granted, it's been this is a young competition. Well. Honestly, I'm going to have to say that I admit I haven't been looking at Texas in recent weeks because I've been busy with my own team as well, but Uh I'm proud of the Ramblers, and I'm cheering for them all the way. My hat's off to them. Uh Anyway, let's move on to to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And the bandits from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada... They're having a very strong end to the season here. They're back to a 500 record. 
after losing after going two and six in the first half, they've only lost one game in the second half, so they've kind of done a reverse Hobart here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, they're they're doing really well here. I mean, do you? I mean, they can't make it to the playoffs now. They they are mathematically out. But do you think they can have a really good finish to this season? Yeah, I think they can. Because like I said, uh, the first half of the season that was the killer for them. It, it's a shame because you know they had they were brilliant last last year. Uh, you know that it's the first half that that's killed them off. Like, but can they finish strong? Finish on a smile? Yes, they can. They are the bandits. They are good. They will end on a good good end of season. I I know that for sure. Uh, Hector, your thoughts? I'm gonna say yeah. I, I believe I reckon they can have a strong finish to the end of the season. That's really all I can say about that because, well, other than the fact that I find it quite funny that my uh, girlfriend, Lena, who's the uh, GM of the Baltimore Spirits, has mm-hmm. now GM two teams where there's both a UFFL football team and I'm kind of thinking if we can find time off, we should try and see one of these games in person. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's good. Uh, here we go. I mean, teams are in a from the race at the moment. I mean, we've got Down River's gone. They have not... This is probably the third year in a row they haven't made it. Bit of a shame for Rebecca Walker and, and Sharon Travis in there. Uh, New Orleans had a bit of a... Not a great season to begin with as an expansion team, but they're an expansion team. They'll get better. Miami, I think, had an even worse season than them. Uh, California, jeez, wow, this this has been a huge step back for them. Like, Furball last year, and not even making the playoffs this year. And same with Las Vegas, we've lost both our both of our champions who made it to the Furball last year. So this is going to be the fourth year in a row we get two different teams in the Furball than the than the last year. This is this is crazy. Yeah, it's like things have totally flipped. It's like, you know, you got the Ramblers who last year, for the first time ever, didn't make the postseason. Based on, you know, I know it was only based on, I think, statistical difference, statistical tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got them, you've got, you know, we've always had a little bit of an on and off solo deal with the season since the UFL began. Mm-hmm. And they've gone on, you know, and as we just said, you know, an absolute storming streak as of late. Mm-hmm. Then you got, you know, California and Las Vegas who have absolutely tanked this year. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, just don't, I just don't know what's happened. It is unreal. Mm-hmm. We're going to get new furball champs at furball four, but look of it. Jeez, uh, we've got playoff scenarios here going into week 15. Grand Rapids need to win its last two games. Eastern needs to win its last two games if both want to make it. Grand Rapids has to tie, has the tiebreaker with two wins over Eastern though. So if both win win their last two games, then Grand Rapids go in and Eastern don't. But look at if Eastern and Grand Rapids finish with eight games apiece, yeah, as I said before, Grand Rapids pass them. If Eastern ties with Montreal, they won one game apiece and it will go to differentials. Percentage, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I know in the fact we have percentage, but not the biggest expert on the differentials in the UFL. If Grand Rapids ties with Montreal, they won one game apiece or so we'll go to differentials. If, if, 
Eastern ties with Baltimore at nine wins. They got one win apiece and will go to differentials. If Grand Rapids can't catch up to Baltimore, or Grand Rapids can't catch up to Baltimore as Baltimore got one more, have got the one more win advantage. If Baltimore ties with Montreal, they will get the tiebreaker in Montreal. And if Baltimore ties with Fargo in wins, they've got one win apiece and that will go to differentials. So we've got a bit of a hot finish here. Mainly mm. in con- in the Continental Conference here, uh, guys. What do you think about this? This is this is going to go straight down the wire, isn't it? Yeah, but that's, I think that's what makes it more exciting because, like I said, it was the same deal last year with teams like Texas and all that. You know, it was all down to the very last game. It was like, like you just said, it was like you know a lot of different events, scenarios that could play out. You know, if it did this, right. needs to go that way. If that happens, you need to go for this. And it's going to go down to the last minute of the game, I think. Yeah, I think it will. Uh, Hector Lewis, your thoughts? I mean, you've seen probably quite a bit of this in the F- FBA at times of just teams trying to fight for that last last playoff position in essentially the last game of the year. What yeah, do you think I'm not. Yeah, I'm no stranger to that type of stuff because whenever I, whenever we made our last uh, playoff appearance, we were. Essentially, in a three-way tie, and we uh, had a, we basically had to share a record with Dakota for a spell till they mm-hmm. knocked us out of the playoffs in the first round. Still crumbling right. over that. Mm-hmm. And I think with all these teams going at it, they're gonna have a lot to play for these last two games, especially uh, Easton. From the look of it, Easton and both. Actually, both Easton and Grand Rapids, because they got a lot to win and a lot to lose with either a win or a loss. They got to make sure every play counts, that every bit of yardage that they pick up means something. Otherwise, it's not going to be a very happy season for them mm-hmm. to come so far only to slip and trip and fall on their tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is going to be interesting to see. Probably by the time we come back, we'll be we will have seen everything that has happened here, and we will know who will be playing in the playoffs. Do we have or, any predictions though? Uh, ooh, I'm going to say Baltimore gets in, and I think if ooh, I'm I might say I'm going to say I'm going to say Baltimore Montreal. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say Baltimore just because, well, my girlfriend's also in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to say probably Grand Rapids. All right. Uh, yeah, Tyler, I'll, I'll, what do you think? Yeah, I'll have to agree with Hector. Grand Rapids and Baltimore will get my, you know, get my five bucks on the bet for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So that is the UFL for this episode. Finally, we move on to the FBA. The FBA. Yay.
So do I get to cover this bit now? Uh, you get to cover it. I because I don't because we don't have Charles Bergeron. I cannot get my sleepy time hat and the bl- blanket and pillow and fall asleep. I gotta stay concentrated here. So yeah, you'll take the reins. I'll try and I'll try and interject at times if I can. Yeah, same. I'll be back as well in a minute, guys. I just need to pop to the little horse's room. All right. More like the big horse's room. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, God, Jeez. yeah. If this is the first episode, I'd be bloody. I'd be going, oh, don't say it, don't say it. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, just, it is what it is. We've become <laughs> <our own laughs> <thing. laughs> I mean, we're not, we're not like, geez, some of the stuff I've seen with the FBA where everything's serious and that. Like, we've, we've just become. Anyway, anyway, so, first bit of big news, everybody. Mm-hmm. FBA 2018 All Star Weekend is soon upon us, and it will be held in. Lorraine, Ohio. Wow, so, yeah, Lorraine, also, Ohio, people. Yep, at the home of the Lorraine Firestorm at the Fire Palace celebrating its right. last year of use in the league before moving to its new arena next year to kick off the franchise's 50th anniversary in the FBA. Wow. Founded so in 19... So and hang on. Yeah, found, founded in 1969. All right. Gee, celebrating your 50th anniversary of a new arena. Oh, if that's the case, and well, oh, well, I suppose. Geez, I, I was going to make a joke about, like, Melbourne Gold Coast and, like, East Sydney moving to a new stadium in, like, a few years, but, well, what they've already got's already good enough for Fafel standards, so I don't see it happening, but congrats to Lauren, yeah. to Lauren Firestorm there getting a new venue. Uh, also, congrats yeah. again the All Star Weekend. Um, I better watch. I better watch a dunk contest. I think. I think the guys have told me I gotta watch a watch the dunk contest. So I'm going yeah. to watch the dunk contest. And speaking of, and speak before I get to the dunk contest, I'm actually kind of glad Tara Colt wasn't here for that 1969 reference. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we'd never hear the end of it. Yeah, we wouldn't hear the end of but, it. But anyway, getting to the dunk contest before he gets back. Uh, dunk contest. Participants include and are not limited to Scooney Barrett, okay. Sterling Benzing, mm-hmm. Adam Tavella, Josh Ooh. Severt, mm-hmm. Leon Delmont, mm-hmm. Eric Toivonen, okay. Marshall Anderson Rhodes, mm-hmm. and Yves Carboneau. Alright, Yves Carboneau, alright. Some decent participants there, especially Scooney Barrett, Sterling Benzing, Adam Tavella. I think I think there's quite a few good players here. I think that's that is interesting. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good players here. Uh, I believe this is Scooney Barrett's... Uh, uh, he's been elected to the uh, All-Star Dunk Contest multiple times, and mm-hmm. so has... Uh, I think Benzing was there last year, and I definitely know Yves and Eric were there last year. I don't... Uh, Josh okay. and Leon are rookies. Marshall wasn't there last year, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about the others. I'd have to go back and take a look at it because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I don't really pay. I don't pay much attention to dunk contests after a certain shark jumped the shark, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love I you. Saw. I love you, Barnaby. I respect you, but yeah, you made yeah. up for it last year. Though I'll just give him that. Yeah, well, you think him and you think him and Matthew Blake might be in. An and for LGBT 
cue awareness or something like in sports or something. Some I don't know where I'm going. But I just want I just want to see those two in ad. They'd be cute together. I agree with you on that one. I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we got the three point contest. Do you want to go through the participants here? Yeah, I will happily go through the three point participants, and I definitely know some of these are making their second or fifth or seventh or twelfth appearance or however you want, oh, however many. Okay. Let's see. For three point contest participants, we have the first group are include Matthew Silvius, Cresta Renstill. Julian Cross Corrali, right. Lance Wildfire making oh, his Bonnie. return after tra- traffic return. Yeah, from last year. Can't wait to see him. Jonathan Lawyer, Yves Carbonell once again. All right, he's quite busy. Hanks, Hank Sawyer, Cliff Matthews, and Casper Kusick. All right. right. And then the second half, we have Derek Kim, Misha Maxwell, Randolph Mackenbach. Ake Pratt. My boy. Oh, yep, our favorite boy. Mm-hmm. Christian Ashbury. My fit, my number one Artem, Artem Marcus Knight. Mm-hmm. And Vera Latiera. Mm-hmm. Marcus, the Artem Marcus Knight not being confused with the Marcus Knight at the Orange Miners, who is a horse. Uh, surprised yeah. he's still going for it this year after three premierships, and he's already 30, but hey. Let's talk about him. More talk about these guys. Let's hope Marcus yeah. Knight does well here. Yeah, this is Marcus Knight's. Uh, I believe he's been going to the. He's been elected to a three-point contest since he be since he signed with the Texas Lone Stars mm-hmm. in his freshman year, and he is hell bent and determined to win a three-point contest. All right. And all I gotta say to him is good luck, and you're facing some stiff competition, Marcus. So be on your best efforts. All right. So we got the we got the All Star teams and the Rookie Challenge teams here. So yeah, before I get to those, though, there's a couple names I definitely want. Well, one name I definitely also want to shout out to, and that's Lance Wildfire. He's been mm-hmm. on a tear this year, and he's. Also looking to be the favorite to win it for a second year in a row, so hmm. it's going to come down to the wire there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lance, if you ever want to be on the podcast, if you're listening, we do have a we have a spot open for you whenever you want. Just saying. No, and Lance Wildfire though, it better be a wide spot. No offense to the bunny yeah. though. No, he knows it's all good fun. Yeah. He knows it's all good fun. Jeez, yeah, something, something about bunnies with big booties. Yeah, jeez, God. Uh, could you could you not... see him and Tyrone Appleby in like a in like a food show where they go to restaurants and like have the food and that like you, you know those shows? Is a uh, wait, is Tyrone Appleby that one uh, wolf uh, guy up in uh, Montreal? Yeah. yeah, he's a large quarterback from Montreal. Ah, yeah, I know him now. Yeah, yeah. that would be a that'd be a pretty interesting food show, mm-hmm. I reckon. Yeah, I mean, she's. I'd love to have Lance Wildfire on the show. Same with Willie Walker. She's. I wouldn't mind even having Carson on it because I'd love to. I'd like to give Carson a bit of a debate after what happened with him in Shadow Wolf because, whew, I was not a fan of how he acted with that. But I don't know if he'll accept it or not. But anyway, you want to move on to the All Star rosters? Oh yeah, we got 
we got a good cast of all stars this year. I'm only going to be listing the uh, point guard through the sixth per position because we don't have the rest of the benches. Uh, mm-hmm. Bench players sorted out yet. Us GMs had to vote on that recently, and I right. casted my vote already. So, eh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for the East, we have point guard Lance Wildfire, mm-hmm. shooting guard Hank Sawyer, okay. small forward twice, twice Peter Mallark, Bit of a power forward. Power four, we got Randolph Mackenbach. All right. Center, Sterling Benzing. Mm-hmm. And six for Adam literally, literally, yep, literally sticking his, you know what, into the six for spot, Adam Tabella. Jeez, like he, he, he's like a Damien Bartlett by the seams. We're going to be talking about him later, it looks like. Oh, oh. oh, boy, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to that with our favorite swearing horse next to us. <laughs> but yeah, we got. Oh yeah, yeah. As I as I said, though, Lance Wildfire has been on a amazing tear this season, so he mm-hmm. definitely earns his spot in the Eastern Rookies. And Hank Sawyer's mm-hmm. pretty much considered a veteran now in Tennessee, so he's going to be happy to play along with his uh, teammate Trice Peter Mallark, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he plays there, unless he plays on Plymouth. I I don't pay attention to those guys really all that much, but. Unless I play him. Mm-hmm. Randolph's also good. I know he plays for Bangor along with uh, Lance Wildfire, so there's going right. to be some familiarity on these teams. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting for that one. And for the West All-Star roster, again, point guard through six for, we got Rand Inouye. All right. We got Matthew Silvius. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Lawyer. All right. Scooney Barrett. Cool. Jay... Jake Turner making his return to the All Star. I love West. that guy. Everyone loves that guy. I'm Tyler. Tyler, I'd do you love Jake bit. Turner? He's a he's a tall British. Wait, wait, is he British? No, I don't think he is. It, wait, he's he's not Brit. Well, he has a British accent only because he grew up in Britain and went to school in Britain. Okay. That's what uh, Vicky told me last I talked to her. Okay, cool. And last but not least, we have Julian Cross Corrali as mm-hmm. six fur. Right. And all I gotta say is, there's this is gonna be a little bit different from uh, the East because everyone's practically on a different team. We got Ren Inouye, who's on the Montana Hellers. I I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Matthew Silvius and well, actually, I take that back. Matthew Silvius and Jonathan Lawyer are on the Dakota Bikers together. All right. Ah. So there was a little bit of familiarity. All right. And they got Jake Turner, who is on the Seattle Summit, and Julian Cross Crawley is on the Hawaii Kahunas, and Skinny Barrett's also on the Hawaii Kahunas. So yeah, okay. there's going to be there was actually some familiarity. I take that back. I said mm-hmm. my final, my previous statement. There was going to be some familiarity on the mm-hmm. west and both the west and the east side. So it's going to be a Interesting show to watch. Alright. And not to take anything away from the rookies, because there's actually a full roster that I'm going to have to take a deep breath and a quick swig mm-hmm. of my water here. Alright. I'll see if there's any names I notice. Alright. For the... Reading off all the way from the east, all the way from... Uh... 
beginning all the way to their alternates. We got uh, East East rookie roster point guard Leon Delmont, shooting guard Casper Kusick, small forward Jacobus Van Orscott, mm-hmm. power forward Carlos Reyes, center Niren Pankiku, six foot. Yeah, Pankachu, Pankachu, whatever you want to call him. Pokemon? Six. Yep. No, he's not Pokemon. Sorry. Oh. Whatever those are. Yeah, whatever. Six fur. Yeah, six fur. We got Tay Delgado. Seventh fur. We got Araceli Sanchez. Buenos no. Uh, Buenos. Ah. My Spanish is a little off. Sorry about that. Miguel Tavares. Whatever. I think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and we eighth for we got Yao Miguel Tavares, uh-huh. sixth Lucy Clausen, tenth for Ella Blessing, eleventh uh, Melina Thompson, twelfth uh-huh. for Thor Inar Lind, uh-huh. and their alternatives are Henrik Fisher, Frying Herod, and Gilly, uh, Gary Elsinore. Elsinore. Sorry if I butchered that name. Alright. All I gotta say about this group is it's gonna be interesting to watch the East take on the West. Mm-hmm. Alright. Especially, uh, like, one name I'm actually kind of surprised is actually in lower than she is right now as the 10th first spot is Ella Blessing. I've... Mm-hmm. She's been one of the surprises coming out of the East and the rookie draft classes last uh, draft. She was projected to go in the first either in the first round or on the cusp, and she went uh, way later in the draft than she should have been. She went to Lorraine, and from last I heard, she's actually been doing pretty good. Oh, okay. So it'll be interesting to see what she brings to the table whenever she plays. Mm-hmm. Anyone else got any comments before I move on to the West? Uh, not really. I, I don't know a lot of these players. Just I. I, I'd comment if I could, but I, I really can't. And I can't say anything because I know much about basketball as I do about clean language. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all originated the English language to begin with, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, Western rookie roster. This is going to be fun because there's definitely some names on here I recognize. Uh, point guard, we got Valenda Malmquist. Sorry if I pronounced your name, uh, butchered your name. Right. We got Jamie Charles Gold for shooting guard. Roland mm-hmm. Buckley represented right. Texas at small forward, and I'll get to him in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Josh Shevard at power forward. Halukani Keloa at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Burger King also representing Texas. Jalen Rose. Killian Belmont. Aquanlo. Or I'll, I'll repronounce his name. Freddie Varney, Mary Catherine O'Hara, Gloria McFang, and last but not least, Javi Trano. Mm-hmm. And the alternatives are Darian Baptiste, Koichi Ishikawa, and also represent Texas, Hudson Dalbeck. Okay. I have one comment. Why no Margo yes. Wario? What's up with that? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. I really have no idea, but 
couple names I'm definitely kind of proud to see on this list, aside from my two boys, Lucas Burger Kane and Roland mm-hmm. Buckley, and Hudson, who's also an alternate. Wait, is that Lucas Burger Kane or Lucas Burger King? I was going to say uh, the same thing. Can I go to Manasseh for large fries? All I got, <laughs> I don't know, but we've been uh, talking about that. I'm Because his uh, surname is Burger, I've been wanting to talk to him. I'm still talking, we're still talking in, in the we're trying to talk to a couple of local eateries about making a Lucas Burger Kane burger. And we're going to – we're probably going to start working on that probably around mid-season probably. Mm-hmm. We're still – we're putting out some feelers right now, but we're going to see what we can come up with. All right. That's – just putting that out there. All right. Uh, Roland Buckley, I'm really proud to see him on there. He's been a real surprise. I – I saw him in the uh, free agency deep in the draft pool, and I thought he could probably be something, kind of like Marcus right. Knight whenever I first saw him, and I was like, uh-huh. eh, I'll sign this kid, see what I can do, because there was also another name I saw that I was interested in, too, so if he didn't work out, I was going to go for the other one. Right. But he's been actually a real surprise, and I'm proud of him, and I'm going to be offering him a good-sized contract this second the se- the second uh, the season's over. Uh-huh. And not going to take anything away from Lucas Burger Kane either. He's been really consistent this season and really strong, and I'm excited to work with him, and so is everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone on the team loves him, and Hudson is an interesting little an interesting little squirrel. Like He's about the same height as Lance Wildfire, and he's not as well rounded, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. But he's, I like that he's a lot of guy. Yeah, he's a lot of fun, and he's also just like he's a lot of fun, a little bit, little chippy at times, but he's really fun to be around and just really can put a smile on your face. Yeah, okay. What I meant by that's what I like about the guy. I was talking about wildfire and he's round. It's not not the other way round. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, I also, know. Uh, just need to clarify, people. I didn't want I didn't want to hate flame comments, people. <laughs> yeah, I know Valinda's been very good and. Uh, Jamie Charles Gold was a strong pickup for the Arizona Whips. He's been doing really good over there from last I heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, Josh Severt's also been really good. Mary Catherine O'Hara's been good. And I believe Javi Trano and uh, Hokolunai has also been good too. Mm-hmm. There are some really strong rookies to look at on both sides and... I'm really excited to watch to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. That that will be interesting to watch. Uh, guys, we've got one more thing to talk about here. I hope I say say their name right. Yisha Sellis and Adam Tavella had a bit of an incident on the 22nd of January. I'll do, let me uh, fix your pronunciation. It's pronounced Yasina. Yes, okay. Yasina Sellis. So Yasina yeah, of course, of course I've seen her. I, watched, I was there while I was watching the game. Yeah, Yasina Salas. Mm-hmm. Nope, don't get a joke. Damn it. I got that joke. Yeah, she's eating, I'm going to get smacked for that one. Yeah, alright. Uh, no, you're just going to get dirty looks from the producers. Yeah. You're going to get dirty looks from the producers, yeah. Uh, Hector, you take it away on this one. I'm currently getting a quick read of it because I've been, as I said before, busy with Fafel 3 Agency, so... Yeah, yeah. basically, uh, long story short, there was a it was a battle, it was a 
uh, thing between, I believe, the Queen's uh, Pride and Albany Alphas. Uh, Adam Tavella plays for the Queen's Pride and mm-hmm. has a long, deep, hated history with uh, Yasina, who's on the Albany Alphas currently. All right. And rightfully so, because I've heard some very not-so-pleasant things about uh, Yasina from previous owners, right. namely the Santa Ana Spectrum's gym. And if she wants to come at me, that if she wants to come at me for uh, talking bad about her, all I gotta say is GMs talk. Mm-hmm. We talk about our, we talk about our players all the time: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, that's true. so. Basically, there was an altercation where apparently Adam accidentally did a deliberate foul on Yasina where it got heated, and Yasina was talking to the ref. I mean, uh, Adam was talking to the refs, and I saw it on the video too. He was smiling and doing some laughing stuff and saying, Yeah, it was my fault and stuff to the refs and everything like that. And Yasina. Kind of in the heat of the moment, started a fight with him and started punching him, and there was an altercation, and they both got suspended. Oh, jeez. That reminds me of the Perkins thing I talked about earlier. Like, it was almost the exact same thing. Like, Yeah, and this comes straight off of... Uh, this comes straight off of uh, Adam Tavella learning that he might actually be the father of those two... Uh, Female strippers, kids, and uh, uh, middle of bumfuck nowhere. Uh, Where were they from? Just, do I need to say it again? Players, no, you don't. Keep it in your pants. A PSA from Wes Carey. I also yeah, you, a PSA that, from... That needs, a, that needs a shirt, just you pointing at, you know, a picture of you pointing at them saying... With a quote underneath, going keep it in your pants. Wrap it before you wrap it before you wrap it before you tap it, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before going in a heat, package you meat. There's another mm-hmm. shot. <laughs> uh, well, but all I gotta say about that is I I'm a little bit disappointed in both of them for not handling that maturely between each other but at the same time I understand there's bad blood between the two of them yeah only um, thing I did jeez did it erupt into a brawl or anything or was this just it it was uh Isina like going after him and punching him and stuff like that after a uh deliberate a deliberate uh accidental altercation Mm -hmm. okay it was deliberate but he really kind of didn't mean to take it that far aggressively Mm-hmm. Right. Then, that, that's that's the vibe I got from it. At least I don't okay. know what the full details are because I'm not the GMO of those two teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Hector, let's wrap this thing up. So, your your final thoughts on this? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, they've served their punishment. Now they just gotta shut. Now they just gotta. Clean themselves up and leave all the bad blood off the court. Okay, uh, Tyler, what any, any final what? thoughts here? Uh, I can't say I know too much about it, but you know, I read the report and it's like, you know, there's fault on both sides, I think. You know, they both could have 
acted a little bit dif- differently. Uh, yes, I know there's a, a rivalry. There's always going to be rivalries in sports. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're meant to be professionals, for Christ's sake. You're in the public eye. you got fans watching. you got little kids watching, for Christ's sake. It's like, you know, act like grown-ups. Yeah, well, all I can say is, I mean... Oh. It's a great thing that the Faffle have cleaned up their, their act a bit on these these type of situations as well. Like, this is, like, I mean, some people just act, like seeing sports fights, but, like, I personally think they're like, jeez, it's just sickening to see, honestly. I mean, uh, I mean, like, you're, you're getting upset at each other because of a game, for Christ's sake. It's, uh, I'm, I'm Honestly. tired of seeing these guys get into brawls. Like, I mean... Ryder Walker and, and Parkins got into a punch on in the 2016 Grand Final. It's I'm tired of seeing this. If I can interject something, I think mm-hmm. there there's been speculation that there's a bit more than just uh, competitiveness between those two. Everyone seems to be under the impression, including me, that there's something like deeper between the two of them that they're not talking about right now. Well, I hope so. I mean, it's just. I'm just getting tired of some of these sports incidents and that. Like, I mean, didn't we have one in the UFL earlier when someone got hurt and just the just the sidelines emptied? Like, I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah, like, guys, just all I can say is calm, calm down. Like, it's it's not that hard to do. Just that's all I can say. I mean, like, I mean, I'm guessing you guys think the same same thing. Yeah. Obviously, I think the same thing. I'm the general manager, and I've had to. I had that incident with Travis Buckner when he punched that reporter like years ago now. Mm-hmm. And hell, I even told him that if I had gotten to that reporter before he did, I'd have taken that punch for him. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's the same, I think, for Jack, you know, when he had to deal with the whole catnip thing between, you know, Jack and Damian Bartlett. It's like, you know, people need to remember, like, you know, like I said, you're in the public eye. You're meant to be sporting professionals. Mm-hmm. Act like it. Yeah, nothing said more, Trevor, guys. And that is the end of our show this this week or this time. Uh, I think we're doing it think we're doing it fortnightly. So, uh, a bit of a down, I know to put it on, but hey, uh, we can't, it was a conversation that needed to be had. Uh, Hector, thanks for coming on the show. Good luck to, uh, good luck to the Lone Stars in, in the, for the rest of the season. I appreciate it. Uh, Tyler, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I bet you'll be through the roof here if Texas get the win this, this weekend. Oh, hell yeah, they'll be lifting that trophy up high. Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be somewhere around somewhere around Faffel House before because I mean the draft's gonna be coming up soon. Are we seeing if any teams are gonna do anything? If they've announced intentions of trying to get someone, I don't know. I'll be I'll be there breaking the news, folks. Thanks for listening. I've been Wes Carey. I've been Hector Lewis, uh, and I've been your favorite swearing horse, Tyler Cole. And this. What? was FSN.
Uh, Yay! Both the accounts talked over each other to near the end of it, but <laughs> yeah, fine. I was going to say, your favorite swear horse, whip that schlong out. <laughs> oh, God. Eric, put this at the end. Put this at the end. Oh, for the outtakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Such a scene was, it seems we'd like to see, too hot for regular general radio. FSN, <laughs> too hot for radio. It's like, it's like they named report. It's like, tie a coat, whip out your schlong. Yeah, right on. Uh, 